BAM Radio Network. So I think in a way we're, we're fighting uh, a system that is currently evolving. And that to me proves more challenging than the students in my room because the students in my room are family for a year. You know, it really isn't just about the, yeah, we love everybody. I mean, it's not just about that. It's also about, hey, you want the best from your students. You want them to achieve higher. You got to make sure that they are comfortable in your classroom. Hello, it's time for Teacher's Aid, strategies, tools, and tactics for the challenges teachers face. I'm Ray Pika. As one of my guests has written, today's families are more diverse than ever. Here to talk with me about how we can embrace that diversity in a way that's good for you, for parents, and for the children are Lisa King, Eileen Kugler, Heather Walpert-Garren, and Peter DeWitt. Welcome. Lisa, when most of us consider diversity, the first thing that comes to mind is cultural diversity. But in your article, you reference many other kinds of diversity. Briefly, can you tell us what some of what educators are seeing these days? Yes. One of the people that we interviewed, that our insides are much more complex than our outsides. And when you think of diversity... I think some of the obvious differences that you see in your classroom are racial differences or linguistic differences. But when we spoke with families, they spoke about divorce and single parenting and immigrants and grandparents as caregivers, families with special needs or families created through adoption or foster care, families that had step-family blends or experienced military deployments and homelessness and uh, families who had members in the LGBT community or religious minorities. Some of the things you don't see, obviously, with students in your classroom. They're wow. below the skin, something deeper. Yes, absolutely. Eileen, why do you contend that it's important for teachers to examine their own attitudes toward people who think and look different than they do? It's interesting to hear Lisa talk about it, and I read the article, which was great, and um, it's something that I've been working with schools and workplaces beyond schools who are now getting the the graduates of our schools in their workplaces. I work with them a lot on this idea that diversity is not just race and culture, and there is so much that you can't see. And every person needs to look internally and see where their assumptions come from, because that's really what it's all about. If a teacher doesn't examine what their family looked like, uh, and, you know, it can be an LGBT parent, it can be that I was raised by a grandparent, or I had a big extended family nearby, or I was a single child, an only child with a single mother. You have very different attitudes towards family. The region of the U.S. you came from, the neighborhood you came from, if you don't examine that, then you begin thinking that the other person's way of operating is wrong. And you have to look at what you think is the right way to be. Well, how does that translate into teaching, Eileen? It means that as a teacher, you need to recognize that if a parent walks in the door and is very animated and maybe a little bit closer to you than you'd like to be, they're not necessarily aggressive. That just may be the way they operate when they're emotional and they're showing they care, it may be the part of the country they're from. I'm from New Jersey. I always say, if you want to know what New Jersey's like, look at Chris Christie. Now, if you're, you know, from a, a large Western state, you may think he's from outer space. But if you've got a parent or a child that grew up in the culture where they're loud and direct and in your face, you have to understand that's just who they are. That may not be what you initially think is comfortable, but that doesn't mean your comfort level is necessarily right. So a child that may not look you in the eye right away isn't being disrespectful. 
that may be what they were taught at home, that adults are people you do not look in the eye. You don't challenge them that way. We have to get beyond what our own assumptions are. Okay, thanks, Eileen. Well, Heather, you're a teacher. What are your thoughts about what Eileen just said? Yeah, well, what I was going to jump onto there is kind of how, as a teacher, our instructional practice can really help inform us the best way to to not only instruct these students, but also to kind of empathize with these students, because that's really key in creating an environment that students are willing to learn in. And I'm a huge advocate of writing across the curriculum. It's, it's huge, it's huge, it's huge. We should be all writing. Yeah. And yes, it's about skills and developing, you know, people that can communicate. And that's really important. But it's also about us getting to know our clientele a little deeper. And it is amazing as a writing teacher, as a language arts teacher, what a student will write in their writer's notebook about their diversity that really helps to create a classroom community that they wouldn't necessarily share in another classroom that doesn't allow for that outlet. And it creates fallen walls between the students and between that fourth wall sometimes between the teacher and the students. When that falls down, that's when deeper learning happens. So embracing the diversity, you know, it really isn't just about the, yeah, we love everybody. I mean, it's not just about that. It's also about, hey, you want the best from your students. You want them to achieve higher. You got to make sure that they are comfortable in your classroom and that they know you are a teacher that is willing to listen to the differences in the classroom and to embrace them. Thanks, Heather. Peter, it's been said that family involvement generates a positive attitude among teachers and raises their self-esteem. Family involvement, of course, was easier when there was less diversity. Do you think it's still possible when there is so much diversity in today's families? Yeah, it's not only possible, it should be encouraged in every school. I mean, I agree with what Heather was saying from what we can do in the classroom. And and I know as a school principal, I encourage teachers and our school librarian to make sure that they have literature that kind of depicts the diversity that happens within any school, because you're right, it's not just about race. It's about everything that's under the skin as well. So one of the things schools can do is encourage that kind of literature, which obviously goes home to parents as well, and parents are going to feel more welcome in a positive, inclusive school culture. Well, Eileen, what's your best advice for teachers when faced with cultures or lifestyles about which they know little or nothing? Well, again, I think it starts with the introspection, and you build on from the introspection to looking for knowledge from each of your students. I think that's a part of this that we haven't yet raised, which is it's not only important for your students to feel valued in the classroom, but it's important for the teachers themselves to look for the lessons they can learn from the students and the families in their environment. So engaging families is not just this one-way street of, we'll tell you how to do this and you'll be better parents, but what can those parents teach me? What can the parents who have come here as immigrants teach about resilience, teach about keeping a family together in the most strenuous circumstances? So it's not us versus them. we got to start building this environment where everyone thinks of it as we. It's very challenging because so many of our teachers and our principals right now are members of what had been the mainstream. And they're also, they tend to be female, middle class, white. Student body doesn't look like that anymore. Exactly. Lisa, is there anything you would add that's specific to the early childhood setting? Well, absolutely. Children already have a sense of belonging in their families when they come into early child care educational settings. And to carry that sense of belonging into the new community and develop social identities that are stronger, that also are built on those differences, it's, it's critical. 
Heather, can you give us an example, you know, a scenario of what it looked like, should look like? Uh, you mean in embracing the diversity in the classroom? Yeah, and learning from them. and You know, maybe we'll do a, a journal entry based on the Jesse Jackson quote. Gosh, I hope it's the Jesse Jackson quote. I think it is. <laughs> America is not a blanket woven from one color, one thread, one color, one cloth. You know, and what that might mean to a student. And I, you know, I used to teach American history and I used to teach world history and now I'm not a history teacher, but you bet I'm going to incorporate character education and, you know, and history education. I think it's really vital that we be studying how people get along and how we are a much more global community when you say that we have greater diversity than ever before. You know, there's a part of me that says, I don't know if we're more diverse or if we're just more willing to say this diversity is okay. It's a big, big topic. Peter, do you have advice for teachers who are uncomfortable with or perhaps morally opposed to certain lifestyles? You know, this comes up time and time again, especially when we're talking about sort of LGBT issues at times. And the reality is that we shouldn't be a one-size-fits-all, square-peg-round-hole kind of school. We all have to have an inclusive environment, and it doesn't really matter what your issues are, whether you believe or you don't believe. The fact is, we have to maintain a safe environment for every student that walks into the school. So we have to create, and it starts with me as the principal, we have to create a very inclusive school culture for every single student. I want to get some final advice um, from all of you for teachers on how they can embrace today's diverse students and families in a way that's good for them, for parents, and for the children. So, Lisa, your thoughts? It's important to create an environment where students and families feel understood and accepted and normalize differences, not focusing on them, but naturalizing them. And Heather? I think it's really important that people try things, try the tracks that they didn't think they could handle. Um, Right now in our school, we're dealing with one ethnicity believes that certain classes are taken only by another ethnicity. So as a school, we need to make sure that we're reaching out to communities to make sure that everyone knows that they have access to any class that they would want. Peter, your thoughts? Sometimes to do the right thing, you have to stand alone. And uh, to help make sure we maintain a safe environment for kids where they can all learn, we might have to be the ones standing alone, but it's what's right for kids. Okay. And Eileen? I feel that what we need to do is create an environment where every child feels valued, where it's an inclusive academic environment, where we view diversity not as just something that's nice socially, but recognize that all these students who have different backgrounds of every possible type are in enriching the classroom. And we just need to turn those lights on so that every light bulb is lit and every other child learns from that. And then they develop their critical thinking skills and they develop their problem solving and they become better human beings and better adults. Beautiful. Thank you so much. This is a huge topic and I feel as though we've just scratched the surface, but I will revisit again in another segment. Thank you for being here and weighing in on it. Whether they're differences you can see or differences you can't see, one thing for sure is that not everyone in your class is going to be like you. And I guess you have three choices. You can either pretend they are, which won't serve anybody well. You can accept that there are differences, but ignore them, which will essentially have the same result. Or you can embrace the differences, which means acknowledging that you are as much a learner as you are a teacher. This isn't just an issue of political correctness. Embracing the diversity among your students and their families is a necessity to fulfilling your role as an educator dedicated to your students' present and future. So do you see that like button on your screen? 
Yes, right there in front of you in the pop-up box. If you appreciated this segment of Teacher's Aid and would like to keep the shows coming, please click that thing for me. Thank you. This has been Ray Pico with Teacher's Aid, offering solutions to the challenges teachers face. Thanks for listening. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.